Introduce yourself, King. What's up, everybody? My name is Juice GQ. I'm in. I'm a creative director living here in Atlanta. I'm, I'm based out of Cam Kirk Studios. You know what I mean? I also work as a media consultant. So, pretty much, just I'll break that down a little bit later. But, you know what I mean, just pretty much, I'm here for anybody's media needs from photography to videography to any type of anything that y'all need involving our media needs. That's my, that's my skill. That's my steal So just give me a call or give me a shout out. I'm over at Camp Kirk Studios, man. Just highlight me. But what's up, Reg? How you been, man? Definitely, man. Been lovely, man. Just here to teach the people and learn the people about you, man, and try to get this recorded for the people, man. So where are you from originally? I'm originally from New Jersey. And um originally from New Brunswick, well Franklin, um, New Brunswick area of New Jersey. Okay, okay. So how was it growing up in New Jersey? Yeah, it was cool for for like um my parents moved me out the hood early, like um early in my life. Um I would say probably I left uh, I left the hood probably around fourth grade. Yeah, I used to well, I used to no, 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 no. I say I say third grade, third grade. Yeah. So pretty much, you know what I mean? Like, they took me out of the more so urban area and put me in a suburb, and I went to a more so um, suburban high school called Monroe. So that was about 20, 30 minutes away from there, more so towards the train area. So it was cool, you know what I mean? It was, it was different than Jersey growing up. I got to see both sides, you know what I mean? Like, I, I went to a white high school, I, I mean, I left the hood to go to white high school, but I played basketball most of the time, so... Now, have you ever been to the Rucker in New York? You say you love basketball. Did you grow up in that N one mixtape era? I drove past it one time. We went to the Gaucho. Um, I want to say we were going to the Gaucho's gym, and I think our bus driver took like maybe he went the completely wrong way or something like that. And like we ended up just driving past the Rucker, and my coach was like, "Yo, that's the Rucker right there. Like, if you nice, you have to be there. But you have to play there." Type shit. I never went there and played there, seen anything there. I definitely not. I mean, I wish, but wasn't even on that type of time. 
Yeah, man. I was originally born in Brooklyn, but I've been all over New York City, man, and all over the world, really. But um, one place. Hey, that's fine. I used to stay out in Brooklyn for about like two years. Um, Williamsburg and uh, Coney Island. Oh yeah, I was downtown, man. My um, I was born in Farragut near Fort Greene projects, man. But um, when we lived in Harlem, that was the last place we lived before we moved um, out of New York, man. And uh, we was right around the corner from the Rucker, and I didn't even notice that. I used to be like, "Oh, there's a lot of people over there." My stepdad was like, "Yeah, man, it's a Rucker Park. This shit's legendary. That's why." I was like, "Oh shit!" I didn't even know until like. I remember a long, long time ago, Magic Johnson had a street ball show, and they showed the rucker, and it was like, yeah, I was watching my step, I was like, that's around the corner from where we used to live at, and I was like, oh, shit, I ain't even know. Oh, no, that's fine. You really, you were super in the mix. Yeah, like, man, that's what I love about it. A lot of places, I lived in California, I live here now, and it's like, you know, I think that's what's going to help me in this podcast game, and just in life in general, knowing different people from different walks of life, man. This shit is just amazing, amazing, man. So what kind of music was you on growing up, man? I know you was around a lot of music. Music is a whole vibe. Music is a soundtrack to our life. What's some, like, music, some songs you really remember in your life coming up? Yeah, man. Um, I was exposed to a lot of different stuff growing up, man. For real, for real. Um, it really ranged, like, from every part of my family, because I have old, I have older parents. So you know what I mean, they they were they weren't really the hip hop parents. You feel me? Like my mom got into hip hop late, when I more so like when I was in high school. But they was more so the jazz, older R and B, maybe like you know what I mean, Earth Wind and Fire vibes, uh, Teddy Pendergrass, like that that old that older type of vibe. So. Me growing up, I like I learned that the '90s hip hop and the '90s R&B was like my go-to. Like it turns out, like I the first song like I actually memorized, I actually remembered was like Usher's "You Got It Bad." Like, like I like I can actually remember because my mom and like we in the car, like I'm young as hell, like actually singing it. Like this is the only song like I know verbatim. Like she like yo like what the hell like. <laughs> like nah, like a '90s R&B is definitely my vibe. Like that's definitely it. But I mean, it it ranges everywhere. Though, of course, I mean, I gotta love rap. Gotta love hip hop. Guys, um, I'm tapping. I tap in. I tap into different uh different genres here and there. Like I mean, like I would. I, I wouldn't say like country, but nah, I mean, like the. I mean, you can go with some of the classics, like. Phil Collins, uh, like, you know what I mean? Throw on some, you know what I mean? Uh, give, me, give, me, give me another one. Uh, I might run to just some calm, something calm. Like, damn. It's hard, to, it's hard to say right now on the spot. But, you know what I mean? I try to mix it up. It's real, real. Nah, but, man, music is just, man, well, well-rounded, man. And you just be tapped into music now. I remember I was a, I'm an '87 baby, so I grew up in a crack era, the heart of it, man, for real. But um, the first CD I ever bought was Jay Z Hard Knock Life. Do you remember the first CD or album or anything you bought with your own money? 
What's my own money? Hmm. Damn. I don't. The funny thing is, I remember the first album I got, but I don't remember the first album I bought myself. Matter of fact, no, 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 no. no matter of fact, let me. I take that back. I do remember. The first album I got was Fifty Cent's Die. Uh, Fifty Cent's um, Give Richard Die Trying. My uncle bought that shit for me. He brought it to my crib. Like <laughs> my my uncle used to get mad hot, so he he brought it to my crib at like one in the morning. <laughs> it was like yo knocking in my everybody's sleep and shit my pops go to the uh, go to the front door like yo boy like it's one in the morning what's up with you he like yo get this to little G like and nigga like yo get what like, yeah, like yo. you know the uncle's always gotta try to get you right he like I ain't your father I'm the, really? cool, I'm the like, cool one he man. like yo what is up with boy like yo alright bet so you gave, you gave me the game Richard I trying and my pops like, yo, chill out. Don't listen to that shit till the morning. Like, I mean, I want to listen to it with you. Make sure you can listen to it. Because you know how like, you know, 50 was. 50 was coming crazy on that Get Richard Dash right now. And plus, I mean, in New York, How to Rob was on the, um, was on the radio. I mean, you feel me? Or like, his 50 was already had some buzz to him or whatever. So radio was already somewhat lit with, with 50. So my pops already wasn't with it. He already wasn't jacking it. So I mean, I went upstairs, took that shit, popped that shit right in my CD players. I forgot to turn the shit down though. I for, I yo, I could <laughs> swore the shit was down, bro. That shit blasted mad hard. All you hear is many men. Like you feel me? Like oh, I just because nah, I mean I'm I just go to the first track right now. I mean like I, well it's four it's track four. I remember many names track four. I just go that shit sound like all track. Went to that shit. All you hear is the first gunshots. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that that out man that right there is legendary because at the time man I was living. In California, um, when Get Rich or Die Trying came out, but my grandmother had passed in New York. God rest her soul, man. But uh, so we had to fly back to New York. And the one thing, it was a terrible trip because we had to put my grandma to rest. But the one thing I yeah, really fuck with, depreciate it. The one thing I really fuck with, though, I was able to buy Get Rich or Die Trying in New York. That shit was a big deal because it was like buying it in New York and listening to that shit. It was like, yo, that was just different. I mean, and then it was crazy. It was a different vibe back then. Where it was just crazy too because going back to California and one of them first tracks, what up, blood. What up, cuz? And they was all on that in California. So it was like, it's a mix between New York and California. So I was like, this shit is beautiful right here. Like, for me, I was like, I could relate to the New York 50, but I also live in California, so I could relate to the niggas that was on that. So he made an anthem for street niggas worldwide, really. It was just like, yo, he connected with everybody in his run and his grind, man, is legendary, man. 50 and where he's at to see the growth, man. And that's what a lot of street dudes, for real, it's like, man, you never know your potential if you can just get out and do the right thing. So hopefully, man, it's more, we hear more of those stories like 50, man, could get out of some bullshit, make something to themselves, don't get caught up in the ground. That's a factor because Power's my favorite shit. 
Word, word. And, and, and just everything. And he's a genius. He took that bully mentality into the corporate world. He, uh, he put Empire and powers lasting longer than Empire. And he got different spinoffs and all that. And he was going up against nah, that's them. That's a fact, because he didn't stay cheesy with it. I ain't going to front. Like, Yo. he, like, he could have went that cheesy route for that Empire way. And I ain't going to front. Like, I, but I, me as a grown ass man, I don't want to watch musicals. Like, yeah. That's just, come on, like, Empire, like, you knew damn well you was going to lose a lot of your daggone. You feel me? Audience, when you start singing at every daggone episode, you know what I mean? The storylines start going all over the place. Plot, you know what I mean? Niggas just doing anything. Uh, you feel me? Then y'all try to go back to the, go back to the streets. Uh, it just doesn't make no sense no more. So it's like unrealistic plot. Are you feeling me? Yeah, it just got it got cheesy. She got cheesy too. Like it was like dudes don't be talking like that and dressing like that and all. It's like yo, come on, son. That's why Fifty Cent he got connected with some shit he could relate to, and that's what they say. Like in the stock market and different things like that as well. Connect with shit you know. Don't try to go in there and fuck around with things you don't know and lose your money. I literally was just talking to my man about that shit today. Like, yo, like, he's in the group chat because he's been putting in, like, niggas asked him, like, yo, bro, like, put niggas on the stock shit. But he's been putting in the plays, like, like who you should invest in, like, for the past two, three months, but niggas was ignoring him. So he got fed up, like, nah, boy, like, y'all niggas do that shit yourselves and put the videos in to, like, to, to watch the, like, the step one, step two, like, how to get it started. So I'm like, yo, like, nah, like, let me stop playing around, like, boy, boy, like, he, he not, he not wrong. Like, I gotta, I gotta get right in that, in that stock market shit. Like, if I don't want to jump in that shit without not, without knowing what I'm doing, that's the key thing. Word, man, it's a good podcast called Earn Your Leisure. I don't know if you know, but they give a lot of game about a lot of things, man, in that business world. Word. Yes. What was the name of it one more time? It's called Earn Your Leisure. Like E Y L Earn Your Leisure. Like Earn Your Leisure Activities. And they got like different programs and different like um um market Mondays and they talk about the stock market. But they do it in like a, a language that we speak. You know what I'm saying? Don't make it too wordy and all that. They some dudes I think out of New York and New Jersey and they bring different people on. They bring Styles P on and talk about um, how he got in the pharmacies for life, how he got in his juice bars and stuff like that. They bring a lot of people on to simplify the business talk. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't so wordy, you know, so it, it's it's great. Yeah, that's fine. I think, I, I think I'm definitely going to look into that for sure. Definitely. So did you have any mentors growing up, like in Jersey, on your way to college and stuff like that? Yeah, um, shit, like, a lot of my family worked in the industry, um, growing up, for real, for real. Um, I had an aunt that worked at BET, um, like, she was just my inspiration for starting, like, my first job was, um, like, my first industry job was working at One Six and Park, but, um, that it was like the second it was the year before it went down but i had just kept going up there just to like you know what i mean just for the show 
And I would just, I would be that little nigga harassing the person to let people in online. And I eventually got the, got to, um, it was my 16th birthday. Yeah, I want to say I got to my 16th birthday. And I finally, he finally gave me a shot. You know what I mean? Just on some, yo, give handout wristbands. Make sure everybody signs they slip. Make sure everybody gets in, gets seated properly. Don't do nothing crazy. And yeah, like, that was my first industry vibe. And like, looking at her moves like a boss and everything like that in the in the industry and in behind closed doors with BT and seeing how BT awards work and BT hip hop shit and like just it just made me fall in love with the industry. So right there, like that was my number one mentor like growing up. Uh, and then I just gained a couple and a couple of them start showing out a little bit more like people people just started like as you go through life, you just start noticing a couple more mentors stick out a little bit more in certain situations. Some some people, you know what I mean, like you just be surprised who really pops out when you need them. Like you know what I mean, like everybody calls themselves a mentor and they call themselves an OG until you know what I mean, like until it's time to help you out. Word, word, like yeah, that's amazing. So I, really, I, so I try to be careful. I try to be careful with who I call a mentor, who I call like an OG type thing. But oh, I, just, it, I really feel girl only has like two of like for so like only like real like that's not family. I only really have two. Yeah, and it's just like um for real, like every day. People say big bro and stuff like that. Like it's like, nah, man. Everybody ain't big bro. Everybody ain't this. Everybody ain't that. It's only a few that's really gonna give you that shot, man. Who, who are the other two people that really got you on and helped you along in life? Um, one of them was his name was Avery Green. <coughs> um, excuse me, I'm sorry, but, <coughs> but yeah, his name Avery Green. He's now the um, head of sales over in, I want to say, the radio stations, 107.0 in Houston. But it was when I had my internship at Hot 97. Um, he was my main mentor, my main person walking me through stuff. Main person taught me how to move that corporate life. Like, of course, now I mean, I could be in tune with the streets and the cats that. Of course, you know what I mean, on the blog, and I could be in tune with being on the trap, being cool with everybody, but then I have to take that vision and take those ideas and that creativity from there and bring it to the corporate side. Like, and I feel like that's my talent right there. So he saw that in me, and, like, he really molded that for me. Like, yo, bro, like, you really need to be able to go to these boardrooms and let them know what you need in order to take that back to where you come from and raise up your friends and whoever you need you feel like has talent. So I'm like, oh, snap. Like, that just really would solidify my role. It's like even just being a, being on some um, consultant stuff. Like, that's like he really molded my media consult, um, consultant. Wow. And um, last one, my last one is, his name is Kamari. Um, he goes by Kamari Flash Films on Instagram, but pretty much, like, he does a lot of the videography for Essence, 
lot of it for being like editing wise and um like yeah he just he was the reason I I started directing. Um I <laughs> I remember I was we working through the B T experience and like you know how B T experience is like whole weekend. Like it's not just um one day. But it's I wanna say it's Friday, Saturday and then B T awards is on Sunday. But um we were shooting the BT experience on Saturday. We were shooting an event, and I was I was tagged um I was tagged along to him to help shoot and everything. Help pretty much line up the shots, do a shot list, and like I just asked him. I mean, like yo yo, like I can hold that camera. Like let me see. Like I can see how I like it. He's like yo bro, go ahead. Like you feel me? First person to let me hold five thousand to ten thousand dollar camera. Like and like really do my thing like yo there, there was no restraints there was no bro like don't drop it don't blow blah, blah. you just like yo bro I trust you get right and that was when I realized I wanted to direct because that camera heavy as hell anybody that is a videographer anybody in front holding the camera I respect y'all to the max because that camera heavy as hell don't nobody feel like. All y'all that watch these videos, music videos, with people holding guns and stuff at the cameras and everything, that is the, yo, give it up to the videographer because imagine somebody pointing the strap at you. You don't know if it's loaded. You don't know if it's on safety or not. Like everybody was waving. Everybody in the room was waving straps at you, whatever at you. And you holding this heavy ass $5,000 to $10,000 camera that you cannot drop. It's your life's work. And these niggas is waving straps in your face. And you got to worry about getting a shot, getting the right shot, and making sure that shit look wavy for everybody to like. Yo, right. the cameraman don't get enough love, man, for this. Especially the video like, with these, like, these niggas drinking lean and smoking and shit and waving this shit in your face. I'm like, yo, man. Everybody having fun while you having a workout. Yeah, I mean, yo, have you seen that uh, meme when it's like, when it showed the cameraman, he got an AK and he holding the camera with his AK exactly. back. I'm like, exactly. damn, like, now son. Now we can do all that. You feel me? Now we can have fun. Now we can do all that because now I feel safe. Because <laughs> it's like, nigga, what? Imagine, look at your back. It's like, bro, that's why I'm the director. I feel you. I'm going to stand behind there, make sure the vision looks all good. But yeah, bro. <laughs> like, that, that cameraman life. It's a different animal, and them niggas deserve all the type of respect in the world. I'm telling you, man, it's a it's a dangerous job, but man, you really been tapped in with the culture, man. For you dropped some heavy names like it was light work, man. You said BT 106 in Park. You also said Hot 97, man. Like, tell us about like, man, Hot 97, the legendary hip hop man, one of the biggest. Hip hop, uh, for New York, really, man, the, the biggest for a long time until recently, unfortunately. But like the biggest in hip hop music, Hot ninety seven. Did you get to meet Rosenberg and um, Ebro and all the people like that? Yeah, man, that was that was a real um, dope experience for me. Um, that was in twenty sixteen. I was an intern. Um, it starts, the parent company is called MS Communications. Uh, MS Communications, for anybody who wants to go possibly up top and wants to intern, um, intern there for the future, it's called MS Communications. You know what I mean? Y'all could apply there, 
try to get an internship there. That's the parent um, company for Hot 97. So pretty much um, that I got that internship, and I pretty much um, I did that all summer. And I was supposed to be doing summer classes, um, but, I, but I said, fuck that shit. Word. I said, fuck it. I'm going to work at Hot 97, nigga. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, and then that seemed like... You know, by the time you got with it, it was paid internships. Because back in the day, it was like, yeah, you niggas is doing this free. Yeah, like, I ain't gonna lie, I've been blessed, bro. Like, I have been blessed to do all these jobs and work all these things. But it's been nothing short of hard work, bro. Like, really, like, putting in straight pain. It's not always what you know, it's who you know, too. But it's really, like, how you move. Like... And trust me, like I've had my share, my I've had my fair share of learning lessons of, like, know what I mean, of doing too much in the wrong place, wrong time. Give give like, us one of them lessons, man, for the people, man. Give us one of them lessons you learned, just one, a jewel you could drop on them in a learning experience. Oh my gosh, ah, uh, shit, um, shit. I want to give somebody some something that's not as obvious because I did some, I've done. Dumb shit. Like, oh hey, that's God. life, baby. You live and you learn, man. Trying to get something obvious. That's like it's not so fucking obvious. Um, shit. Just be prepared. Like, preparation meets opportunity equals success, bro. Like, that shit is real shit. Like, some one of my mentors told me that shit was like, yo, that shit is real shit, bro. Um, I've had. Certain like yo, I've had some. Um, I remember this one BET event. It was the red carpet, and my call time was nine o'clock. And I get there on time, but I forgot my phone. And they calling me and blacking on me, bro. Like, like yo, how do you forget your phone, bro? Like that was one. Um, another one, I would say. Take a deep breath. Like, keep your cool and calm and keep calm. Like, the, the industry that we work in, like, it's not for the light of heart. It's not for people with, you know what I mean, sensitive, sensitive skin. Like, you can't be like, soft. You can't be soft. Like, I don't want to say that. Like, you feel me? Because there are, like, there are some people, like, that are sensitive, emotionally sensitive or take certain tones a certain way and I'm not going to scream against them but it's just more so you have to know what you, you have to you have to know what you want in here like you have to can't you can't just you can't play around like because people will people you know what I mean they're not going to give up their spot they're not just going to take your word for it you got to be able to have that proof like yo this is what I do this is you know what I mean I have that confidence because certain like sometimes like People just going to walk all over you. Like, they just really just going to do whatever they want just because they feel they can. Like, me personally, like, and this would be the, like, first time I said it, like, on a platform type thing. Like, I said it around my friends and, like, my family and, like, of course, a couple a couple other, like, people that I'm close with. But, like, it's cool, like, to, it's cool to say no to something. It's cool to, like, put, put your... your your bona fide stamp on yourself. Like, BT wanted to keep offering, like, I was doing production assistant work, like, you know what I mean? Like, 
a lot of the times, like a couple of times I did just regular production work, but production assistant is more so like when you're just going, doing things and then like you're setting up, you're putting the production together, like, you know what I mean? Like you're helping the crew, right? It's really just, to me, it was work that I felt like I was getting too old for. I felt like it was internship work. I felt like nobody was giving me a chance to, yo, bro, come, like, what idea do you have for this? Like, yo, do you, like, you're young. What What's the idea? Like, what's new and what's creative and, and this, that, and the third? Like, I'm like, a lot of the times, like, I would speak out of turn or I would speak like, yo, bro, like, y'all not listening. Like, y'all don't want to listen to the young new cats. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, and it's like, you just gotta, you just gotta know in yourself, like, that you're dope. You gotta know that you're dope and really not care what any of the masses or anything said, bro. Like, I remember I called that NBA, I mean, that um, Corday was gonna be dope. That, um, Corday was gonna be lit. I told people if we was in the BT, um, we was in, we was in one of the um boardrooms, like not in the boardroom, wasn't necessarily, but we was in one of the lounges, and it was just a bunch of everybody that works there, pretty much in the office people, just a whole bunch of people like that. Not even will make decision decision makers, like you wouldn't say, you would say, but I'm just telling them like, look, bro, like. This cat is the next thing. Like, I heard three different songs. I'm telling you, he's dope. Like, he's about to be, like, literally the next thing. They're like, what? Like, that, the kid with the list? Like, what? What are you talking about? Like, nah, bro. Like, them little badass kids, they're going to die. Like, they're going to they gonna be here, and then they're going to die in, like, a year. I'm like, all right, man. Whatever you say. Next thing you know, Corday is Grammy nominated. And it's just like, you just got to know you dope, bro. Like, you just got to know, like, yo, bro, like, there's nothing else. There's nothing that can stop me. Like, yeah, you got to have that unlimited like, belief in yourself, for real. Like, you just got to yeah, really, really feel. In yourself, bro. And that's, yeah, that's, what, that's, that's what it's that's about. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that's what it's about, like, in that industry, man, it's dog-eat-dog, and it's a lot of, like, you know, I've been around different people. I haven't been as tapped in as you, but I know a lot of people that do different things in the industry, and I just know it's a lot of phoniness, it's a lot of snakes, it's a lot of, you know, I'm your bro, I'm gonna look out for you, then they talking behind your back, and this, and that, and people gonna degrade. That's a big fact, bro, like, word. Somebody really thinking, bro. Like you never know what somebody really thinking until they not hiring you no more, until they would not not calling your phone no more, not offering you the budget when they really have it. Even even friends though, that's when it really get deep. Cause like you could come up with somebody and they'd be like, okay, we in this grind together, and they could be trying to talk shit about you behind your back, trying to steal your position, knock you off your pivot. Like that's in the industry. It's a weird game of just ego and trying to stay on top in the game. And that shit, it gets rough. And that's why that the music industry, that media industry, film, all that is really, like you said, it's not for everybody. And also, you got to know when to be quiet and you also got to know when to stand up for yourself. I, I was just listening to a podcast and they would talk about Kevin Garnett. And they said Kevin Garnett, when he was playing ball, with players on the team and different people, 
he couldn't trust you or he didn't fuck with you until you talk shit back to him. Because, like, who want to talk shit back to a seven-foot monster that just seemed like he's just going to fuck everybody up, especially reporters? Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Especially a reporter. So he basically didn't fuck with you until you bark back on him. So it's just like, it seemed like in the industry, too, you got to know when to be quiet and play your role, but you also... You can't be a pawn and get stepped on and get treated like shit. That ain't the way to get on. Like, some people get on that way, but you got to get your respect. And respect comes with knowing when to speak and knowing when not to speak. So it's just it's just a serious game, and it's not for everybody, you know. You know, Clubhouse is really taking over right now and shit like that, man. That app is really going crazy, and a lot of people giving games, and I noticed, like, a lot of the mentors and shit like that, they're going to give you that shit raw. They're not going to give you that like, oh, you, you should just fix this. You should just do this. You should. Just, I'm like, nah, man, this shit looks terrible. You're not ready. You're not serious. This bio shows me it was a dude in there breaking down people's bios. This shows me you're not working hard enough. This shows me you're inconsistent, like stuff like that, man. It's really a serious thing, man, and it's not for everybody, so... Man, and then being around different celebrities and stuff like that. How do you handle being around celebrity? Man, celebrities like really just really just got moved like the regular people, bro. Like nobody wants to be around fans all the time. Like that's just really like even working in Cam Creek Studios, like it's a blessing. But in order to be in there, you gotta be. You gotta keep a level head. You gotta be cool, like, cause it's crazy. Cause like I've had, I've had my fair share of like the, I had my starstruck um, moments, like, know what I mean? But after you have them things, it's like you really realize like, and people don't care about you, like, people like you feel me? They really just be having their only like, they just be having their celebrities be having their own world, like. That they sticking in, and they really not trying to invite you in. Like, you feel me? They're not trying to invite another person to pay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, from, like, all right, so, like, really, like, when I talk to the homies, the creatives, it's like, y'all got to think about, like, everybody puts so much stigma on celebrities and be around celebrities and shit. Like, you want to work for celebrity, you want to work for future. You want to work, you want to like shoot, you want to shoot these people and do things to these people and be a part of their crew. You want to chill with them every day. But it's like, y'all got to remember, these people have people like that already. Like, they have their crew already. Like, you feel me? They already have who they paying, who they going to for budgets, for the music, for most of the time for music videos, like, or who they want when the big budget comes in, who, who, who the music video they want. Like, you feel me? I've been told by my mentors, like, to find somebody who's on, like, your playing field and grow up with them. Like, you feel me? Like, find somebody that's on your level of creativity and y'all strengthen each other. Y'all should, like, still sharpen still. Like, that, like, so that people that just, just depend on celebrity marketing and celebrity status and shit, like, that shit gonna fade out eventually. Because you don't even know if that celebrity gonna be famous for that long. Work, word, man. The niggas don't get canceled. You don't know what's going on with them. So why to put your faith in another man? You're depending on another, on a, on a, on a woman like I'm another celebrity, like type thing. Like that's just dumb. Definitely, yeah. because man, p- 
people don't even make it to three albums. If you could, if I could tell you, all right, name ten celebrities right now that came out in the past five years, their three albums. A lot of people can't do that because it's like niggas be hot, hot. They be on a super wave and then it just falls. Like a lot of people, a lot of especially in rap and shit, they don't make it to three albums. So it's like, yo, you putting on your eggs and shit in one basket and being around this person and you trying to get the clout. It's like nowadays, too, a lot of people fall in love with the celebrity aspect and the hanging out and the different parties. And I was around this person, then they fucking bank account. Like, nigga, I'd rather have a million in the can in my bank account than a million followers. But that's what people don't realize. They like, yo, nah, you got to fuck with this person because look how many followers and this and that. While they missing out on their opportunity to get some real game from somebody, you being starstruck when the person behind that person is the nigga that's really going to get you to a bag. But, you know, everybody focus on the celebrity. But it's always people around them and behind them that's doing major things. That's why you always be respectable and you always pay attention to everybody and how everybody moves because you never know. Somebody's around you all the time that could change your life. You one conversation away. One post away, DM, whatever away, man. But a lot of people, especially nowadays, and especially with kids growing up in this era of social media, it's like, bruh, they so worried about followers and views and shit. It's like, bruh, what about the people that put them in position to be there? Like, music and shit like that, it's marketing like a motherfucker. Like, marketing is huge, huge. Now, I know you said you into marketing. How, uh... Is that like a big factor? How important is that? I would say marketing is super important. The way um the way my boss Cam Kirk even explained it to me, like like the big artists are for marketing purposes. Like you feel me? Like when you guys shoot the celebrities and things like that and post celebrities, that's for marketing purposes because you know that that's gonna try to get you a lot of clicks. Like I mean, you know how that goes. Like but the the little artists and like the little plays that you get the foot traffic and like the people on the ground level that fuck with you that's when you really know like yeah shit is booming like just example from from studio like the studio is a is alive based off the foot traffic over five hundred clients a month like you feel me it's it's alive based off of the beating heart is the clients is the everyday people. The beating heart is cool. Like the celebrities are marketable that come through, and we have pictures of celebrities everywhere because they do come there. But they pay just like every other client, and it's when they come there. Like when they come there, they come there. But it's not every day. It's not every single day like every other client. It's once in a blue, or when it's album time, or. When it's, when it's time for me to get things done. But every, there's clients in there that book every week, and those are the heart of the, of the studio. So it's like, it's not always the, the big marketing that you need. Sometimes it's the foot traffic and the little marketing that, and I mean, the little sales that you do. But like, I mean, for the people that do photography, it's a little photo shoot sometimes. Like, sometimes it's the person that comes back three, four times for those little two hundred dollars, uh two not two hundred dollar photo shoots. Like sometimes y'all just gotta be stay down and stay on the grind. 
and I mean, whoever else what works for your audience or what uh, works for you guys. Word, because like a person like I always like to use uh, Anthony Hamilton. Like Anthony Hamilton is a singer and he's a household name to some, but he's not not a, a household name as a Beyonce and stuff like that to the masses. But he has a core where he could pack out a smaller venue consistently when tours was going on rather than a large venue. So he could carve out the life he wants. And that's what I try to tell people. And I know that's what they do at the studio is that they have a core. When you have a core, that's people that's really going to fuck with you. People that just don't follow you. They pay for things. They come. They tell a friend to tell a friend. They bring in traffic and money for you. So for everybody out there listening, whatever you do, find your core. Connect with them. Stay connected with them. They do a great job of that at the studio and making the people feel like, a part of the studio, but I know you um originally you say you're from New Jersey. How did you end up in Atlanta first off? And then how did you end up at the studio? Cam Kirk Studios? Well, um after I graduated I went to Delaware State University. Um Delaware State is located in Dover, Delaware. So after that I didn't really want to go back to Jersey. And I mean with like the only city to commute to is New York and Philly, and I have to commute there, like um, like I said. So it's like I'd rather just, if I was going to pick a city to move to and live in, it was between here and Houston. And um, at the time, Atlanta was a little cheaper. So nowadays, like, I think it's reversed. But um, I'm loving Atlanta. I'm loving the decision I made. Um, I really... I didn't have any um, network down here. That was a main reason. Um, I didn't really have anybody down here that could help me like really get some money and get to a bag. So I needed to create that. So um, I had some people. I had people in LA. I had, of course, from working with BT and everything. And I had a couple friends that moved out there that I remember some of them got some moves that, that they've been making. But, um, and I did everything in New York, like, that I felt like was important from, of course, High 97 and a couple other BDT uh, jobs. But I didn't have anybody in Atlanta. And, um, I, like, I still, I still, there's a couple of other spots I still just feel like I need to knock off, but I don't plan on moving there. But it's like Atlanta is a good hub for coming down here and starting your life and creating and building. Along with your black people, you know what I mean. I feel like like this is black Hollywood almost. Just you can come down here and just live a different life. <laughs> Word, but then how did you get connected with uh, Cam Kirk Studios? Now I got connected with Cam Kirk Studios because um, my roommate um, Marley. So if anybody pulls up to the studio and you meet um, the manager, Marley, or YM, he used to be my roommate. And, well, I've known him since freshman year in college. Now, I was going to say that, not to cut you off, but I was like, when you said that, I had Marley on here earlier. Go check out that interview I did with Marley, everybody. YM, the legend, man, Queens, man, get the money. Um, Shout out to him. Shout out to J. Rose, brother, man. Lawyer making big moves, but man, I when you said that, 
I was like, yo, I'm going to go backtrack and ask him, like, do you know Marley? And that's how I connected it. I'm like, man, the world is really who you know. So, yeah, Bob yeah. Marley. Way back to freshman year in college. Um, we stayed in the same freshman dorm. He stayed literally one floor above me. The same, pretty much same hallway, one floor above me. Um, he, like, we just stayed tight throughout the whole, pretty much the whole uh, experience of college. And then we ended up. It was, it was actually funny. We was we had stopped talking for a quick minute for like maybe like a good six months. Like we had stopped seeing each other. Like we I didn't see him for like across campus. Like he had just got let you know how like when people just just stop seeing him on at college. Like just oh damn, I ain't seen him that long, bro. Like where you been at? And um so it was one of those situations. And it was crazy because it was that day, like I had died, not necessarily kicked out my crib, but we I had left the crib that I was staying in. And um, I had needed a crib, a new crib. I'm like, damn, what am I going to do? Like, I'm not trying to go back to Jersey. So I had just ran into Marley, like, coming out of class. Like, um, it was, like, literally, this, I want to say it was almost finals week. So pretty much like it was he his final was right before mine or something like that. And I ran into Marley's roommate at the time, his name was Brett. That's why that's why Marley's best friends. So he was telling me blah blah blah, he had a room and everything. And then when I'm walking outside with him, Marley's outside in the car. And he's like, Yo, bro, like blah blah blah, I mean, have a have it chop it up and everything. And he's like, yeah, come through and check out the room. So next thing you know, long story short, roommates. And Marley's brother is Cam's lawyer. So it just so happened, I mean. Shout out to Jay Marley Rose. came down here, Marley was moving around. He worked at the studio. He ended up um, showing Cam my resume. And I got on the team and I got hired. So. This is why I've been I mean, God had a blessing in, in, in store for me. And I mean, all my hard work is played off. And everything has been smoothly for me. Man, Camp Kirk Studio, man, legendary studio. And man, boy, YM, man. I had him on a podcast, man. Everybody, y'all really got to check that out. This dude is just full of energy and life. And just, I asked him a million questions about being positive and being himself, man. Like, Shout out to the boy Marley, man. But now you had the after podcast. The people want to know are we are we gonna hear something about the after podcast? Are we gonna get back into a Cam Kirk Studio version of a podcast? I know he's doing behind the cam right now. That's kind of a a quick, you know, uh, introduction and telling stories. I'm loving it. I'm watching them on Fridays or whenever he drop them, man. And I'm loving what y'all doing over there, but. Any podcast coming out of there? I know you was producing that thing, man. Yeah, man. Um, we were, after podcast, everybody was pretty much like that was that podcast that we we were on the live aspect before Corona. Like it was so annoying, man. Like it's so crazy that we was on this live idea, and then Corona happened. Now everybody has to go Skype or live. 
pretty much quarantine radio, threw everything on. We we trying to battle Tory on live, and it's like, damn, like I right, so. We I don't want you. I don't want to make it, make it everybody seem like that. I don't want to make it seem like everybody else seems to like do it off. Like, but it's just more so like Cam wants to up it. Like he wants to make sure like he's giving the full experience of the after podcast that that he knows. Like, you know what I mean, like that lives up to the legendary Cam Kirk studio name. He felt like he felt like after it was he was still just shooting like he felt like he was shooting in the dark. We were shooting in the dark with it at first, and um, we were just trying to figure out something like you know what I mean, figure out what worked, figure out what didn't, figure out like you know what I mean, just try to try to find our way. But we're just trying to go back to the drawing board right now. We we're having an idea of bring, possibly bringing in a live audience. I mean, so that's pretty much like what was the the next the next step. But we're just working on some new things in the studio, working on some new shows, pushing on some new things. But um, whether the podcast comes back is to be in, to be announced. Yeah, y'all gotta stay tuned for that. Stay tuned, everybody. Stay locked in. Stay tuned, man. So. Uh... Yeah. Are you uh on Clubhouse? Have you been in them rooms and dealt with the I madness? Have, I, haven't received, I haven't received my invite just yet, player, but it's supposed to be supposed to come through tonight or tomorrow. Okay. My boy said he got me with the invite finally, and I said I'm going to send that thing through sometime today or tomorrow. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's the wildest shit at times but the greatest thing and um what i can say is it's just fucking crazy i just was on it recently you know um before we got on and tyrese is giving game about how he turned he dropped a fucking bar man listen to this shit right he said i turned 30 seconds of a coca-cola commercial into 20 years of a career in this game i said holy shit I said, whoa. I said, you want to talk about fucking bars? He said, I turned 30 seconds into that. You know, if you old enough to remember, he was singing on the back of the bus, and it was a Coca-Cola commercial, and he just got big from doing that. And he's in a room with the game. They had these welcome party things of different celebrities. So it's basically, I break Clubhouse down to lectures like it's like you in live lectures with people like on a moderator stage and they on the front and they allow you to ask questions from the audience and stuff but nine times out of ten you just marvel at these different celebrities telling their stories and just talking on there and it's connecting with these people but it's also smaller rooms talking about Atlanta photography meetups, what you need to do for your podcast. They talk about the stock market tips. They got different BET. What, why is BET not popping? Or what will make BET pop again? And they have the executives from BET actually in there listening to people and they pitching fucking ideas and this and that. But then they also got the ratchet shit with motherfuckers is moaning and doing horny weird shit and then on the shit for all you freak niggas out there. All you freak niggas out there trying to get on Clubhouse for that version, y'all. That's Clubhouse after dark for y'all. So you hear some of the wildest shit in the world and maybe hook up with a couple chicks. Yeah, man. If you if y'all into that 
You know, you get on Clubhouse for that. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just like, man, it's this great thing of just like, man, just, it's just so amazing. But the thing I want, man, I said, man, what is it going to take for us, like as in black people, to build our own Instagram, Facebook, uh, you know, Clubhouse? Because what it is that Clubhouse was this little thing, I think, more so for like tech people to troubleshoot and talk about things and they all get together. I think that was the original idea or like a smaller idea. But of course, just like most things in life, black people come in there and they make this shit pop, man. And we make, they say black Twitter. They say like, you know, we follow, people get discovered off of Instagram and get all these followers and YouTube. And it's just like, man, I want to see, like I really admire what y'all do at the studio because it's so inspiring with the different moves, shout out to man, y'all uh, partnered with Atlantic Records to start like a, a photography style and content style record label type shit, man, the groundbreaking shit, that right there, we need more of that, and we need that next app to take shit over that's black owned and really ran, because what it do is we make this shit crack for them, this shit be cocaine and we make that shit crack for the uh, the people that own that shit, black people make the shit pop, man. So it's like, what is it gonna take for us to take over and do our own shit like that? Pretty much just unifying them and bringing ideas together. Yeah, yeah, we can't hold on. Yeah, we gotta word. We gotta put that ego aside, man. And we gotta figure it out. But man, people, man, I'm telling you, Juice, when you on that clubhouse, man, I'm definitely gonna see you to. Uh, you know, hey, whenever you get on, I'm about to be like, yo, Juice, let's start a room. Let's create because, I mean, you got some great, amazing ideas. And I know we rock with each other on a podcast tip. You know, you can start things. They got like beat battles and they giving out a thousand dollars to people. They, you know, they letting people, you know, spit their bars, freestyle sessions and shit. They might even bring Freestyle Friday back on that motherfucker. 21 Savage. Is in there like just giving game. 21 Savage told the story of like he's talking to Usher in a room and everybody just listening. And he asked Usher, he said, hey, yo, Usher, who was on that? Can you handle it? Who was singing on that? He said, yo, I ain't even going to lie to you. That's Paula Patton. I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, nigga, what? Like he said, yo, I ain't going to lie to you. That was Paula Patton. I finished my last three songs for Confessions at Robin Sticks house. And on that, and when you go back, everybody, this is recorded podcast. Uh, man, go back and listen to that. Can you handle it? And when you hear her talking, I can handle it. I could go there, baby, with you. That's Paula Patton, man. That is Paula Patton. Yes, sir, man. So... I just can't wait, and, and I just, I really think this also is a good opportunity for us to unify, because they had a room with academics, and Meek Mill, and different people that had problems with academics, and they was able to speak their piece respectfully, because um, uh, your man, um, 21 Savage was, like, telling them, like, yo, let them talk, let acad- academics talk, and let's get to some middle ground, so I'm really hoping with this app, that we start to unify because I see it happening. I really see us like talking our grievances out and a bunch of people is being moderators for real, like middlemen and really just like, yo, 
You got to understand where this person coming from. I got to understand where this person coming from. If you got BT in the room and they, we giving ideas on how to make BT better, this is just some amazing shit that's going on. But what I want to see next, we take this amazing like clubhouse shit and that energy and we make that shit our own, man. And we empower everybody else, man. I really hope so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's really, I'm going to hop on that shit, though. Because that's just something I can vibe. I can't even front. Word, word. So what are you working on before we get out of here? What can we expect from the legend, man? Um, I'm trying to put together my next um campaign, like, for real, for real. Okay, okay. Well, bam, we got to like, stay tuned. Yeah, bro. Like, I'm really trying to figure out, like, how I'm going to do this. Because um, pretty much what I want to do is figure out what really makes a GQ shoot. Like, I really want to find out, like, what really, what not necessarily makes a GQ shoot, because, of course, you know what I mean, like, GQ is, you know what I mean, like, they, they've been established for years. And they take different people, they make, like, they take different styles, they take different fashion, like, it's more fashion-driven. But Juicy Q is based off of, Juicy Q is based off of, um, pretty much, how can I say it, like, I don't want to like, because I don't want to speak out of turn, but when I came up with my name and everything, like, in my brand, I pretty much want to show the black excellence and the black elegance, right? And I mean, like, pretty much the smoothness of Jeremy and Quarterly that they, of course, I mean, they have a lot of black people that they, I mean, that work there, a lot of black people, of course, and I mean, that model for them and are showed, like, they show us a lot of love. But I'm not sure if the owner and the starter was black. Um, I want to start that vibe. I want to pretty much, like, you know what I mean? I really just dive into how beautiful and how elegant our people are from our people, derived from a black person. Word. And, that, and that's all you got to do is, man, you in great company. At the studio, you got the drive. It's just a matter of when opportunity meets preparation, man. So you just got to keep going. You just got to keep moving, man. And lastly, what I do with all my guests before we get out of here, I call it speaking to existence, man. What is the legacy of Juice going to be, man? Speaking to existence right now, man. Let's see. How can I say it? The legacy of Juice. Respect is earned, not given. Word. I'm going to speak that into existence of pretty much the world will love. Well, if if it doesn't love my work, it'll respect me. It'll respect me for doing it. Word, man, and this is recorded.